Welcome to Slants and Rants, the home of hot takes, arguments, and the right opinion about your favorite team. Now, here are your hosts, CTD and Vega. Ten, baby, ten. Slants and Rants back with episode ten. We finally hit double digits. If you want to get technical, this is like our 11th podcast because we had that episode 2.5 on the Carson Wentz breaking news. But this is our actual 10th episode, CTD and Vega back with a fun episode this week. We have some listener clips that we are going to break down. And then also the big news, Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers. All of that coming up. But first, Patrick Vega, how you doing today? Pretty miserable, actually. Uh, last night was a goddamn disaster. The Knicks suck. The Mets suck. Just it's just typical every year. When 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 there's hope, when you see a light at the end of the tunnel, that shit closes down on you so quick. So I'm happy to just be doing another episode, get my mind off those two bozo teams that I support. Happy to be talk- talking to you, my friend. Thankfully, the Mets play like almost every day, so. When they have a shitty loss after like a couple days, it kind of goes away because you have other shittier, shittier losses to complain about. So hopefully the season turns around. It's only been one game, long season to go. All good. But we're a football podcast and there was huge breaking news. The starting quarterback merry-go-round has continued with the New York Jets trading former sought franchise quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers receiving a 2021 sixth-round pick, and a 2022 second and fourth-round pick. We're going to get into the Jets' side. We're going to get into the Panthers' side. But the trade as a whole, Pat, I feel like the Jets got the absolute best value they could knowing they're taking a quarterback with a number two pick. And I don't want to say the Panthers overpaid, but I definitely feel like the Jets got great value in return for Darnold because he's not worth that much right now. Well, no, they, you, you, people that keep saying, well, the judge should have tried to get a first round pick. You're not getting a first round pick for Sam Darnold. I'm sorry, Grant. Yeah. He's still young. He's only, I think 24 years old. Uh, he was top three overall pick, but you're not getting a first round pick for a player. That's always, that's always hurt. Hasn't and hasn't produced. That's the reason the Jets are getting rid of him. If not, he'd have been the Jets quarterback for the next 15 years. So you're not getting a first-round pick for a guy that can't stay healthy and hasn't performed on the field to the capability that you want him to. So to me, the draft picks don't even don't even matter. You know why? Granted, sure, the Jets could possibly hit on those, but the draft picks don't matter because for the Panthers, if Sam Darnold's a guy, you hit a home run then. You didn't give up a first round. You still have your first-round pick. You didn't lose a second round this year. You didn't lose anything this year. You, Sam Donald could be your future quarterback for the next 15 years. You have good weapons there to help him succeed. He already knows one of them in Robbie Anderson. On the Jet, Jet side, you get three picks. Granted, the six-round pick is probably a wash. It's usually how six-round picks go. But now you're going all in on your guy. You're going all in on Zach Wilson. Can Zach Wilson be the guy for this New York Jet franchise? that they thought Sam Darnold could be. So we're not going to know how this how this trade ends up being for another about four to five years. 
that's the the gist with most of these quarterback trades and transactions that are have been happening. The Stafford to LA trade, the Rams gave up two first round picks, but the one of the the, the first back round picks aren't even in this year's draft. They're next year and the following year. So in three years, we'll know what Stafford has done with the Rams, but we're not going to, the jury's going to be out on those draft picks for the Lions for, you know, another five or so years. The Colts trade with the Eagles. That second to first round pick isn't until next year's draft. You're going to have a year of Wentz and then a second year for when you have a year of that rookie. Then it's a couple years with that rookie. And then you start to see where the trade is. With this one, I think there's an even longer timeline because if Sam Darnold does get another contract with the Panthers, that extends what we see if the Panthers got proper value and got their franchise quarterback. They did already execute their fifth-year option on him, but this is so obvious that it was coming because Darnold's not Joe Douglas's guy. So we'll we'll talk about both teams. I want to focus on the Jets for, first because – I feel like there's more meat on the bone with the Jets. They're going for their their franchise guy, but more importantly, Joe Douglas is going for his franchise quarterback, and this is where the GM puts his all of his eggs into one basket. He's rolling with Zach Wilson. It's boomer bust now. No, absolutely, and that's what GMs always say. It's you want to you want to die by your guy. You don't want to have to live with a guy that another the GM ahead of you drafted and put all your baskets on him. No, you want to at least have the opportunity to take the guy you want and go all in with him. So that's what Joe Douglas is clearly doing with Zach Wilson. They everyone kept saying God, they think we think Sam Darnold is gonna be back. You know, uh maybe the Jets trade back. That was probably all smoke screen, clearly. Um Zach Wilson, it's your time now. You've you've risen up this past year through so many people's draft boards. It's your time now. You're going to a city that be ready to be ridiculed because they're going to be on your ass from day one. The New York Jet fans are going to look at Zach Wilson like the saving grace for that franchise. They got Robert Salah as the new head coach. It's a new regime. Joe Douglas looks to be competent so far as a GM, but we're going to see now. We will see that Joe Douglas's regime will end, will live and die on Zach Wilson's play. I think Joe Douglas, and I've said this publicly, I've said it on the podcast. I'm a Joe Douglas guy. I'm a Joe Douglas believer. This trade, I think he got the absolute most out of Sam Darnold's value, his actual value, because if Stafford's going for two first-round picks, and Wentz is going for a potential first-round pick that might be a second, then Darnold's ceiling best pick is a second. If that's what Wentz is at worst is that pick a second, then Darnold's ceiling is a second. Douglas's standpoint, I like the, the low-key moves he's made in free agency. The Jets had money. He didn't spend like a drunken sailor. He got a, a few big needs but didn't blow all of his money in one offseason knows that he's getting his franchise quarterback this year, has another first-round pick to work with this year, has multiple picks next year. I believe they have, in this draft and the next draft, seven picks in the first two rounds, which is 
first right above the Eagles who have six. I, I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I believe that's what it is. And they're still going to have money to work with next year. So now next year, you're going to have a full year of Zach Wilson. He's going to be on his rookie contract and you're going to have money to get weapons around him to really build your team. You assume you already have your franchise left tackle and you have your franchise head coach. I know this feels this, this seems to be said every five or six years about the jets, but it feels like they're finally moving in the right direction and you can actually see the progress and a future of this rebuild that's been going on for like 10 years now. <laughs> it's, it's always like that with the Jets. Like every time like when Sam Darnold was getting drafted, I remember Jet fans going nuts. This is our, our guy. And I'm a big Sam Darnold guy. I still am. I will be the biggest supporter of Sam Darnold. I said the Giants should have taken him when he came out um, instead of Barkley. But the Jets didn't surround him with anything. You're playing with Braxton Berrios as your your second your second best receiver. That's not going to cut it for anyone, you know. Jamison Crowder is a good is a solid receiver to have on a team. He's not a number one. He's not. He shouldn't be your number one, your receiver. Denzel Mims was off the field most of the year from being hurt. He flashed a little bit when he did play sometimes, but you don't have a true good feeling about him right now. You sign Corey Davis now in the offseason for Zach Wilson. Maybe with that second first-round pick, they draft a Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota or Purdue. Uh, they, they need more weapons. Chris Herndon has been – I've from Jet fans, I've heard about Chris Herndon for like three years now. And every year he's supposed to blow up and become the next, like, big thing as in the tight end position. And every year it's the same thing. Does not do anything. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't put anything out on that field, and he's a bust every single year. So, Jets, Jets need weapons. Jets, Jets need a lot of weapons for a rookie quarterback. They need a running game. The running game has been dreadful for a while now. Um, the O-line, you got Mekhi Becton there, who's a, looks like a superstar and, and looks like he's going to get better and better. But, again, that, Jet, that whole Jet offense just needs to be revamped and reworked. And Joe Douglas knows this is a rebuild. A, a true rebuild. Granted, Sam Darnold's only 24, but he was coming up on his on his fifth year option. You're not going to pick that up, probably, unless he played fantastic this year. So why not cut the ties, get some draft picks for a team that needs it, and get Zach Wilson in and start rebuild, restart these bit rebuild with a new GM and a brand new head coach. They have a lot of holes on offense and defense, but they have a ton of draft draft capital in the next two years and plenty of money to work with for the rest of this offseason and next offseason because it does carry over the cap should go up so they they're not tied to any mega deals that are are going to really be a burden the only thing off the top of my head that they have to figure out is they have marcus may on the franchise tag and they need to decide are they going to sign him long term as their starting safety or are they going to be looking for another starting safety? But you have an entire season to figure that out. You have him playing. And worse comes to worse, you can just franchise tag him again if you can't come to a deal, whatever. So I actually really like the, the direction the Jets are going into. But just like you said, I like the direction they were going to when they drafted Sam Darnold and they, they already had Jamal Adams and you, you were seeing the foundation. Well, it's happening again. 
but this time it's a different GM. It's a different head coach. It just feels a little different when uh, talking about the Jets right now. Briefly, I do want to talk about the Panthers side. They were in on Deshaun Watson. Nobody can trade for Deshaun Watson right now. Like if Panther fans, you can't, you know, I know Sam Darnold might not be the sexiest, but at the end of the day, you didn't give up that much for if he works out, the value you gave up is tremendous. If he doesn't work out, you didn't mortgage your future with the value you gave up. It's a respectable, uh, a respectable output. And you still have a top draft pick in this year's draft that you're not using on a quarterback and can get one of these studs that are going to fall because now the rumor today, Adam Schefter saying that the Falcons are open to moving out of four. There's been a lot of talk of the Patriots trying to jump all the way up, get one of those quarterbacks. Your Broncos were in on Sam Darnold. So now if you're the Panthers and say a team jumps to that four, you're getting one of these blue chip prospects with that first round pick and seeing what you got in Sam Darnold. Because in my opinion, the quarterback you were going to get at that spot wasn't going to be better than Sam Darnold anyway. So for the Panthers, I actually like the move. I think this is a very low-risk, high-reward move. The second-round pick is a, a bit of a hefty price, but if he's your guy, it's not hefty at all. It's, it's crazy because when, when they signed Teddy Bridgewater last year, I knew it was just one of those deals that it's, it's like, well, why are you making this deal when he's not going to be your franchise guy? I like Teddy Bridgewater, but he, he's a quarterback that just – he just takes up – he's like a he's like a, a gap year quarterback. Like, we need a quarterback to fill this year, and we're going to draft our guy the next year. Can Teddy Bridgewater play? Yeah, but he's not blowing you away. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's a great move for, for the Panthers. Like you said, they're not mortgaging the future. And I was watching NFL Network last night. I just had it on in the background. Uh, I think I believe it was Bucky Brooks thinks that the Panthers might go train Lance. And I was like, why, why would you draft another quarterback when you need – that team has so many needs. Offensive line, secondary, a linebacker since Luke Keekley retired. A wide receiver to replace Curtis Samuel. Yeah, you could use another, another receiver and just load up or maybe a Kyle Pitts at tight end. Like a cop pitch there would be fantastic for Sam Darnold. You get him a very athletic tight end with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and McCaffrey back there. Um, but I think the Panthers have too many holes, especially in the secondary, that you can't take uh, another quarterback and have Sam Darnold compete with a Trey Lance knowing that this guy's on my ass, about to take my job because he's their future. You know what I mean? I think they're all in on Sam. Uh, I hope he does well out there. I'm a like I said, I've been a Sam Darnold guy. I think it's a perfect situation for him. You find now it's put up or shut up now for Darnold. You have the weapons. You got the one arguably the best running back in football. Two very skilled receivers out there. And whoever they draft now, and with that pick, Darnold, you have to do what you gotta do now. No you can't you can't blame not having any more. You can't have people say, Oh, he never had weapons anymore now especially because one of the wide receivers he's very familiar with, and he was his favorite target when he was with the Jets. Darnold loves Robbie Anderson. That is a That was a pretty solid combination. Completely disagree with Bucky Brooks because you don't give up a second-round pick 
to then just take a quarterback with the first round pick unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles like that. No team does that unless you're a team who's like, we need every single quarterback. But on the Teddy Bridgewater talk, me and you were texting during multiple games last year saying, you're telling me PJ Walker can't do any better than what Bridgewater is doing right now. Our boy PJ Walker. Just, just put, a legend. Just, just put Philip Walker in like he, for when he played, okay, the guy didn't light the world on fire, but it was really no different to what Teddy Bridgewater did. And they paid Teddy Bridgewater a, a handsome amount. So now they're in a spot. They have to either try to get Bridgewater to take a pay cut or you try to find a trade spot, which I don't know what team right now would trade for him. That, that really makes sense. So the Panthers honestly, might just be, might, might be stuck with them. Honestly, the only team that I could see is honestly, I could see the Broncos taking Teddy Bridgewater just because they have a former, a former Viking uh, assistant GM there and George, George Payton. So um, I, I hope we don't take, I hope we don't trade for my rather us just draft someone or sign like an Alex Smith and just compete with Drew Locke. But back to the, back to the Panthers side, suppose they were saying that Teddy Bridgewater wants to come back. Like I'm sure they're gonna have to make him. Yeah. There's like rumors that he maybe he come back if they, that they're working with him to find a team that he could get traded to that he's open to going to, or he'll, he'll come back and I guess compete with Sam or, I mean, you're, you're, He's not getting that job of Sam. They just traded Sam Darnold. Teddy's the backup at that point then. Um, hey, listen, backup quarterbacks. <laughs> that's not a bad job to have in the NFL. That's not a – Chase Daniels just living the dream. Chad Henney's living the dream here. You know, being a backup quarterback is a uh, fantastic job. And Teddy Bridgewater's a team guy. He, he will – we saw with the Saints. He will come in, play, you know, do – no, he knows his role. He was fantastic with the Saints when he filled in for knowing his role, knowing he's not the franchise guy. Breeze comes back in. Like that was a, a great part to Bridgewater's career because it not only showed that he could still play somewhat, but it also showed his character. And he is a a very respected guy and you know a, a lovable guy because he's the guy's been through a lot to to be where he's at. We're going to get into a fun section of the show, which hopefully becomes a recurring section. It's called the Listener Lounge. So what it is, is you listeners send in audio clips, 30 to 45 seconds long. And it can be whatever you want to talk about. Basically, this is all about the listeners. The listeners dictate where the conversation goes. Do you want to talk? about your team's draft? Do you want to talk about a different team's draft? Do you want to pose a question that you want us to answer? Whatever you want, you throw at us. So we got two clips today. We got a few for next week. So if you don't hear your clip, if you've sent one in, don't worry. We have it saved. We will use it in the future. And if you haven't sent in a clip, I'm telling you right now, send in a clip. We'll we'll break it down. We'll find what's good. We'll have some fun with it. So let's get in. Might roast your ass a little bit. Might, you know, might have to give you a little roasting, but but that's just a part of the gig. So let's get to the first clip from our listener. Let's see what they got. So being that me and Chris share a very similar love for the Philadelphia Eagles, 
we have very similar opinions. So I'm not going to really touch on Eagle football, considering you probably heard it from Chris over and over. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. However, two agree or disagrees. One, Michael Parsons falls out of the top ten. Um, character issues, uh, quarterbacks going early. Does the elite defender fall out of the top ten? And number two, does Justin Fields follow suit with every other Ohio State quarterback and be an absolute bum in the league? All right, we'll start with question one, Pat. Michael Parsons, does he go in the top 10? Do your Broncos snag him in the top 10? Do the Lions maybe take him? Do the Panthers take him now that they have a quarterback? Or does he fall out of the top 10 for multiple uh, multiple reasons? Listen, I hope my Broncos take him. You know, I'm a big Michael Parsons fan. I'm a Penn State fan. So, granted, I know there's some character issues there, but... Whenever think about it, whenever there's a time you hear like there's character issues, that that player just falls and falls and falls. That player usually turns out to be a star. I never forget when Honey Badger kept falling. Oh, you know, Honey Badger's not uh he's not good off the field. You know, he's gonna give a lot of problems, a lot of teams. And look what happens. He's an all pro safety, Super Bowl champion, one of the best players on the field, and every coach just talks highly of him. So I Michael Parsons to me is a top ten. He should be a top 10 pick. He's the, to me the best defensive player on the board. He he's I know he didn't play last year, but if you guys can look up his game, he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to translate well in the NFL. I saw a mock draft the other day where they had him fall into the Patriots at 15. If Michael Parson goes, that, that would be the perfect situation for him. He would just thrive in that defense and be fantastic. But it with, with all these quarterbacks supposed possibly getting taken in the first four to five picks he, there, there is a possibility he falls out of the top 10 um and i think there's so many teams that could use him the giants the eagles could use him the patriots the broncos could use him uh so so many teams so i don't think he falls out of the top, top 10 but there's a great possibility he does his talent shouldn't fall out of the top 10 that type of talent should be a top five pick but when you look at the outlook of the draft, at worst, the first three picks are quarterbacks. Potentially, the number four pick is a quarterback because the Falcons are open for business. So there's only 10 picks in the top 10, and that's almost 40% of the picks right there. You know Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are going potentially above him or in guaranteed top 10 because they're hailed as the the future all pro future hall of fame players of the draft. That's 60% of the top 10 just off of one, two, maybe three positions, depending how you look at Kyle Pitts It's obviously a tight end, but we'll put him and chase as like a playmaker on offense. It's really only two spots. And then you can make an argument that a guy like Waddle or Devonte Smith is one of those franchise changers that teams and are going to bite on and Sewell or Slater could go to the Bengals at five. So exactly. So he, th- there's a great chance he does fall out. And a lot of these teams also need secondary help too. So a Sertan or JC Horn, who's flying up the boards could get taken in the top 10 too. So I think there's a great possibility he does uh, fall out of 10, just because the way the draft, the first seven picks are going to end up being. Also, I just, I'm not going to devalue the linebacker position, but for when it comes to the draft, 
teams are always like quarterbacks get valued more. Like no one's going to sit here and say Mac Jones is a better NFL prospect than Micah Parsons, but a team would take Mac Jones over Micah Parsons because of the potential of having your franchise quarterback compared to a franchise linebacker. So quarterbacks get valued more offensive line gets valued more sometimes like receiver playmakers get valued more than a linebacker just like the the linebacker although Michael Parsons is probably one of if not the best linebacking prospects we've seen in years it's not the quote-unquote sexy pick that teams make in the first round so that's why guys like Michael Parsons fall outside of the top 10 not because he's not a great talent this guy might be a generational linebacker but other positions get valued in the draft that causes guys like that to fall. And it's it's to no fall to Michael Parsons, but he does also have the off-the-field issues that could also add to the falling. I don't think it will, but it could possibly. All right, and now to your uh, to the second question on uh, Justin Fields and the Ohio State quarterback. Uh, not, not being good in the NFL. Um, if the Broncos take Justin Fields, he better be good. <laughs> he better not be a damn bust because now the Broncos are being linked to Justin Fields. And the more and more days go on, it seems like George Payne, our new GM, does not want Drew Locke as the quarterback. It looks like he wants to bring someone else in. He was in on Sam Darnold. We were in on Deshaun Watson, rumored that until all this off the field trouble happened, off the, all this off the field trouble is going on. So, I, I think – and now the news with the Falcons possibly trying to trade back. We could be a team that moves up and get Justin Fields. Um, it's hard to value a quarterback. You know what I mean? I Dwayne Haskins, I mean, they haven't played a lot of games in college. Justin Fields only played, I think, what, like 15 games in college or something like that. Dwayne Haskins, I think, was like 19. But everything you hear about Justin Fields, that his character issue is good, not like Dwayne Haskins. He puts in the work, not like Dwayne Haskins. So – it's tough. It's tough to say. If he doesn't end a Bronco, then he becomes a bust, he becomes a bust. So if he becomes a Bronco, he better be the best damn quarterback in Ohio State history in the NFL. There's a chance the Patriots even move up. We could see in the top 10 uh, some form of the Patriots getting Trey Lance or uh, probably not Mac Jones or Justin Fields. And then the Broncos get the other one, depending on how the draft falls, depending on where the Patriots trade up to, if they even do. Dan Orlovsky said on Pat McAfee's show that now this is a rumor, so this is not this is not guaranteed, but supposedly or allegedly he is a first guy out, last guy in type quarterback, Justin Fields, that is, which teams do not like. That is a huge no-no when it comes to NFL teams. If that's true, then he's almost going to be set up to fail no matter where he goes. He's probably going to drop a little bit, whatever. If he goes to the Patriots, they're going to whip him right into shape. Like, I have no, no doubt in my mind, if the Patriots got Justin Fields, all right, he might not be the best quarterback in the world, but he's going to be... It, in that weight room first thing. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be, he's going to do what he's got to do. Personally, 
I can't sit here and act like an expert and say, I've seen every single Justin Fields throw and I can break down his tape and whatever. All I can say about him is I know he's tough as nails because uh, his performance in the college football playoffs, dealing with beat up ribs and fighting through it and still playing and still honestly dropping some dimes. But I don't like him more, obviously, than Lawrence. I don't like him more than Zach Wilson. But I do like him more than the last Ohio big-name Ohio State quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. So I guess that's, that's a penny for your thoughts. That guy's a backup quarterback in the league. I can't put all my eggs into, yes, he's going to be a bust. No, he's not going to be a bust. Just because I need to see which team he goes to. To, to really make that assumption. Because if he goes to the Patriots, this might be a crazy hot take, but if he goes to the Patriots, there's a better chance Justin Fields succeeds more than Trevor Lawrence does because Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the loser Jaguars who are a dumpster fire. Is Trevor Lawrence a better quarterback than Justin Fields? There's no question. So the it's tough for me to make that strong assumption, but I will say he's not in my top two quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, quarterbacks, it matters so much in your situation. It matters so much in your situation. If you get to a team like Lamar Jackson, the Ravens went all in on Lamar Jackson. We're going to change the offense around him. We're going to do what you do best and then work on the passing game and do what we have to do. There's times coaches don't want to adapt to the players they draft. They think the player should adapt to them. And that's the problem. That's why a lot of those coaches get Chip Kelly, for instance. You know, he wants everyone to adapt to his system. That's why I didn't work in the NFL. You know, it worked for a quick second, hot hot second. Then after that, it didn't work. So I hope I hope Justin Fields comes in the league and succeeds to whatever team he goes to. Um, like Chris said, he played his ass off in the play and the college football playoffs with broken ribs. Uh, but again, we'll see. We'll see. I think he's probably probably more accurate than Dwayne Haskins. But again, I can't sit here and act like I'm a college evaluator one on one here. So. Um, we're going to see it's a few weeks away. He's he's going to go in the top five, you would think, unless somehow he falls. But we'll see. Justin Fields and the Ohio State quarterbacks, obviously. Again, even like Alabama. They, it's not like Alabama's producing the best quarterbacks in the world. Um, but we'll see if Justin Fields becomes that, next, that first Ohio State guy to really show himself out. I agree. I agree. Now, let's get to our uh, second and final audio clip of the day in the – Listener Lounge. Let's see what the listeners got to say. CTD, Vega, what's up, boys? You guys have talked a lot over the last couple weeks about my team, Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to get your guys' thoughts on where you think they should go and where they're going to go with the 24th overall pick this year. I think they should draft a running back personally, maybe one out of Alabama would be pretty nice. The Steelers and uh, Ben particularly perform a lot better behind a running back. No offense, James Conner, but... Time's up, bud. Gotta go. I want to know what you guys think, and uh, I just had to touch on it. White Castle, man. Number one, come on. That might not even break the top ten. Let's be real. Let's be real. Chick-fil-A. That's the GOAT. That's the GOAT. You heard it here. Before we get into the Steeler talk, we really promoted the, the episode yesterday, and we got – it's just amazing how – people in the Tom's river area feel about Chick-fil-A. It is unbelievable. It is like their, their church. It really is. 
It's I not our church because it's not open on Sundays and you go to church on Sundays. Whatever. I was getting berated <laughs> by people in the Tom's River area because one, they all hate White Castle for some reason. Every single one, every single one of them hate White Castle. And two, they all are obsessed with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is good. Not great. Anyway, who do I think the Steelers take round one? Man, I, when is it time to take a quarterback? Like, when is it time to trade up and get the guy that's going to take over Ben? You know what I mean? I know they need a running back badly, but you know how I feel. There's no need to take a running back in the first round if, like, you could survive with someone else. You, you can get a third-round, fourth-round running back to make it work. Steelers need O-line. Steelers need running back. Steelers need linebackers now. Well, Devin Bush is coming back, but you need another pass rusher with T.J. Watt there. Secondary, clearly, they're, they're going to need more secondary help now. Um, Obviously, Travis Etienne or Najee Harris would be great for the Steelers, but when are they ever going to really commit to the run game? Last year, they were having Ben throw 50 times a game. I know James Conner and Benny Snell aren't the, uh, the best one-two punch to have, but you have to keep committing to the running game even if it's not working, especially when you have Ben who's throwing 50 times at his age and he's not the Ben of old and a team that drops a lot of passes. So there's a few positions the Steelers can go. Um, running back obviously definitely being one, but I think there's more important positions for them that they have to go. Side note on Najee Harris, his interview with Adam Schefter was apparently fantastic. And Najee Harris said Todd McShay can kiss his ass. So definitely have to listen to that interview. Uh, I want to get more context on that, but that is hilarious. I think obviously the Steelers need a future after Ben and they don't have that. They're seeing what they have uh, with Dwayne Haskins. I doubt that's really going to pan into, into anything. Personally, I think the Steelers right now, were a little scared to mortgage their future and move all the way up to that three spot because you'd have to give up a lot to get to that three where the 49ers traded only from 12 to three. The Steelers were a playoff team last year. So I think their mindset is we're not going to get any of the three best quarterbacks this draft, and they probably don't love number four and five, but I'm with you. You definitely need to have at least a plan on when you are going to replace Ben because it, time's been ticking on Ben for literally like four or five years now. So because you're not going to get your quarterback this year and where you are, most likely five of the picks before you are going to be quarterbacks, you have to take advantage of the talent that's going to fall. And there's going to be some position players that fall that help and impact your team right away. Personally, I think you got to go offensive line. I think you're you're losing Alejandro Villanueva. He's gone from free agency, still free agent right now, so you could bring him back. But you have no money. The defensive side of the ball, you lost a lot, but there are still great pieces there. So I still think they can have a respectable defense. TJ Watt is one of, you know, he's a top two to three defensive end in the or slash outside linebacker in the league right now. You're going to get Devin Bush back, who is a fantastic young linebacker. Okay, you lose Bud Dupree. You lose a couple cornerbacks. You still have Minka at safety. So you still have pieces to work with on defense. I 
think the defense will be good enough to win you ball games next year. The offense I look at and I'm just like, this is what you're rolling with. Like you need help on offense bad. So unless by a miracle, a Farley or a horn or some God given miracle certain falls to you and you can get one of those blue chip cornerbacks. Yes. Get them. But it's got to be an offensive pick otherwise, because there's a lot of holes on that offense where that offense is worse going into next year. And it was already the problem last year. So they need help on offense and they need it fast. Yeah. Especially after that, that undefeated start, that offense, you could see the, the problem started showing on that offense. Problems started showing big time on that offense. And the Browns exposed him in the playoff game on defense and on offense. But I think O-line would be a great pick for them also, like Chris said. O-line, they need O-line. Uh, it's an aging team on some on some of the most important positions. Uh, is Dwayne, like Chris said, is Dwayne Hassan going to be the guy to, that you're putting your baskets in? Probably not. So the Steelers are one of the most interesting teams next year, and that's why they were my, my loser free agent teams because they lost so much. And, again, they're in cap hell, so there was no money for them really to sign anyone. So I think the Steelers, especially in that division, with the Bengals getting better, the Browns being the Browns and having a damn good roster, the Ravens having a damn good roster, the Steelers might fall back to that three, that third, third place, fourth place spot. They have to be really careful because the teams in there all have young up and coming quarterbacks that th- those teams love. And the Steelers are on the decline on that, especially on that end. That's why I've said the Steelers, although I, I still think they're a good team. And like, you look at that defense. It's a good franchise. It, you know what I mean? Of course. They'll, yeah. It's, they'll, they'll always be, they'll always be competent and in games and have a 500 record. You know what I mean? They'll always be there. Exactly. And Tomlin is a very good coach. I should mention that Tomlin is a fantastic coach. I don't even think he's had a losing season yet. Like the guy is fantastic. And a lot of times doesn't get the credit that he deserves. So I don't think the Steelers are going to plummet and go three and 14. I'm not going to go crazy like that, but this is why I said they're the most likely to regress next year because they didn't have cap to work with. They lost a lot of key pieces and everyone else around them improved. And when you look at like the Browns and Bengals, they kind of improved drastically. The Ravens were already good. So the Steelers who won, you know, 11, 12, 13 games last year. That's why I said they're most likely to regress because their roster is going to get worse because of their given situation. I'm not saying they're going to plummet and be the worst team in the league. I just think it's likely that they take a set, a step back and we see the other three teams in the division start to make progress and make the next step. And we see Baltimore and Cleveland in the playoffs again, but possibly not the Steelers missing out on that extra wild card spot. It has to be offense for me. A lot of fun talking about the Steelers. We want to talk about your teams. We got some other clips that we're going to get to next week. You're hearing this now. It doesn't even have to be your team. It could be a team that you find interesting. We talk about the Steelers a lot on this podcast. I could give a rats about the Steelers. I couldn't care less about the Steelers and what they do. But we talk about them because they're a fun team to talk about. And there's a lot of talking points about them. So if you have a team that you want us to talk about or you just want us to talk about your team, 
send in your audio clip. You can DM us on Instagram at Slants Rants Pod. You can text it to us. You can tweet us at Slants Rants Pod. Whatever works best for you. 30 to 45 seconds. We'll use it. We'll break it down. Thank you to the people who have already sent in clips and the two people that we use their clips today. Thank you very much. Feel free to send in another clip. We we definitely don't think just because you were on once, we won't put you on again. So thank you to the uh, to use. Pat, Mets need to win tonight. Mets definitely need to win tonight. Um, but yeah, you guys send in your clips. If you don't hear it on the first time, it's because obviously we don't have enough time to do everyone's voice recording. We're going to get to all of them. Um, so yeah, just keep sending them in. We're having fun with it. And I think the uh, the rankings that we did, the top four, Thing is definitely going to come back soon because I could see a lot of people that aren't big football fans were into it also uh, giving us grief or being on either of our sides. So the rankings things probably going to come back very soon. The Lord listener lounge is here to stay for a long time. We're getting a nice sound bed for you guys very soon with that. But Chris, that's all I got. It's a pleasure doing this again with you. You're the man. Go Mets. And here we go, here we go! You've been listening to Slants and Rants with CTD and Vega. Please leave a like, rate, and review. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Slants Rants Pod. Until next time, don't forget to shake them.